This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be What's up, fellas? <clears throat> Thanks. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, super honored. Um, look, I'm gonna set some framework. I think when you come and speak, when you do something like this, my biggest agenda in here is to bring you guys value. You guys are busy. You could be doing something with your time. I don't need to be wasting it. So what I'd really like to do is create a framework that allows us to do some Q&A so I can answer some direct questions, whatever is running through your mind. Let me give you a little context because I know the far majority of you have no idea who I am. I was born in the former Soviet Union. I came to the US when I was three. We moved to a studio apartment in Queens. I lived with eight family members in a studio apartment, slightly bigger than the stage that I'm on now. My parents grinded. I didn't see my dad until I was like 14. My mom and I kind of put it together, you know, walking two miles, no car, all that kind of stuff. So it was a real humble beginning. Uh, eventually my dad became a manager in a liquor store in New Jersey, so we moved to Jersey. That's where my entrepreneurial hustle started. When I was six, I was running four or five lemonade stands. Uh, I convinced, tricked, whatever you want to call it, my friends in the neighborhood to stand there all day. I would make signs and look at cars and try to make money. Ripping flowers out of people's yards and selling it to them, selling rocks, baseball cards, lemonade, washing cars, shoveling, like, I was, I was very unique for all the immigrants that came from Russia because education was the way out. And for me, my DNA just didn't pull me that direction. So I was a DNF student growing up, but when I was 12, 13 years old, I was making two, $3,000 a weekend because I was flinging baseball and football and basketball cards. So that's just who I was. And now, in this day and age, the entrepreneur is cool. Like, that's what people want to be. People want to make that money. When I was growing up, when I was your age, or at least half your age, the only route out was school. And so, frankly, I was shit on my whole life, right? Even my, you know, my friend's parents didn't want me hanging out because I was dragging their kids into bad school, different things. There was just, it made no sense to me, the thought that I was being so successful off the school field, and yet that wasn't being viewed in any good way. And so, that was my life. Uh, I went to a, a tiny school called Mount Ida College in Newton, Mass. I was in my freshman dorm room in September of 94, playing Madden 95. My friend rolls in. I was dominating in Madden, using the old school team, using Joe Namath and the 69 Jets. It's my squad. My man walks in, he goes, you gotta come see this. I walk in, and it was the first time I saw the internet. You know, you guys are youngsters, you're not gonna remember this, but for some of the coaches, some of the old timers, we remember the cuckoo, that shit. And I sat there, watched it, and within the first five to seven minutes, I could feel that I was looking at something completely different. And I waited for an hour, this is how old school this was, I had to wait an hour before it was my turn to go on the internet. I went on, and within an, another 30 minutes, I was on a bulletin board selling cards. And I realized my dream of opening up 10,000 liquor stores, wine shops across the country, because my goal, and still as I sit here today as a 42-year-old man, my goal is to buy the New York Jets. And the way I've thought about that was I was gonna open up 10,000 wine stores, flip it, sell it, buy the Jets. In that moment, in September of 94, I was like, wait a minute, I don't need to do that. I'm gonna use this thing. And from that day on to here, the internet has been the foundation of a lot of things I've thought about. Now it's mature now, but in the early days when I launched 
the first e-commerce wine business in America called winelibrary.com. People clowned on me, told my dad he was an idiot for letting his kid do this. Like, people thought the internet was a fad. Forget about social media or Snapchat. The whole thing was a fad. And so that's how I came up and in five years, I built my dad's liquor store from a three to a $60 million business. I made it. Everybody thought I was a whiz kid. I was in papers, TV, it was amazing. And then YouTube came out. YouTube came out. I thought it was gonna be big. I started a wine show on YouTube because I wanted to educate people about wine. And within the first six months, it got real big. And then YouTube sold to Google for $2 billion. And when I saw that flip, I kind of looked at it and in an article, it said, angel investor Ron Conway made all this money on a $25,000 investment. And I said, I've been so right about email and Google and the internet, the next time I feel it, I'm gonna invest. And so in 2006, the first three companies I invested in were Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Yeah, I'm super fucking rich. <laughs> so that worked. Um, and then, and then, my brother, then my brother was graduating school in 2009, and even though I'm rich and I made it and I did a good thing, I like the process, I like the game, I like being an entrepreneur. Like, some of you guys in here love, love playing. Others are just cool with it, it's your way out. There's a million different variables, just some people can't breathe without it. I can't breathe without the game. I can't breathe without being busy. I can't breathe without working 15 hours a day. I can't breathe without every minute being scheduled. You know, I woke up at 4.30 this morning, went to Chicago, met with Kraft, got on a plane here, now with you guys, gonna drive to Atlanta tonight because I got a meeting. Like, just in it, just in it. I'm gonna be in studio with Sunny Digital to 3 a.m. tonight and then 7 a.m. be in a meeting. So just in it because I love my process, I love my game. And, and that is what I've been spending more time on in the last three, four, five years. That's the thing I think I can bring value here because you're all gonna have different paths. The thing that I've become fascinated with is where's your mind at? Right? To me, for example, I'm gonna throw you something I've been thinking about on the flight down here. To me, the craziest thing is that for most of you, your talent is your vulnerability. And that, that like plays with my head. The fact that your talent is actually your vulnerability. Because it's been so given to you, you don't even know any different. I know you're talented, because I can context how fast you can run, what you can do, what you can live, how you can play, but your talent is the vulnerability. And to me, how you get over there and understand that. For me, what's super interesting is, on some straight facts, for 80% of you, this is the apex of your life. You're a Bama ball player. Like, most of you are not gonna be in the league. De most of you are definitely not gonna be in the league for more than three years. Just math. And so what do you do with all the leverage you have right now? You know, to me, I think a lot about when I talk to some of the kids on DM and shit like that, I think about, are they really leveraging their moment? Do they understand while they're the big dog on campus right now that the kids sitting next to them in chemistry class in six years is gonna have all the leverage and they're not, and they're too cool to say hello to somebody and that leverage can change the course of their life? And so for me, you know, when I walk here, I got a few minutes with Coach, he's like, what are you gonna talk about? The only thing that kept running through my mouth is like, who in here? Which fringe special teams player? Which third string linebacker? Like, who's gonna hear what I have to say? Which is, this is the greatest era to ever be alive. Coach, I, others, we didn't grow up with this internet thing. The access and ability you have to do whatever you want is extraordinary. It's almost uncomfortable. But, 
and it was amazing. My, my team, a couple of guys on my team are here. We walk by and big sign in the hall said, no excuses. I just got so happy. Like to me, it's just 100% accountability. Like, like to me, this is all about happiness. Like life, happiness. To me, this is just the easiest way I know how to be happy is to blame myself for everything. All of it. And there's tactics, you know, I was talking to Coach about E.T., <laughs> E.T.'s my guy, coming through here, like, and he's like, E.T. challenged them to be off social media for 30 days. I was like, why the fuck would he do that? Because that's a tactic. Like, that's short term, right? Like, that's cool, you check that box, but the reality is, it's more about controlling what's happening. To me, technology is the great ammo for you. I hate when people talk about millennials and this and that. Like, for me, this is it. Like this, you guys are the best at this. You understand it the best. You are the best version. It's always the evolution, but do you know how to make it work for you? That's a mindset game. And so I think about this all the time. I'm watching so many, I, I'm getting 10,000 DMs a day right now for kids. They're coming from so many angles. They don't have enough, so they resonate with me. Like what I grew up with, they have too much and their parents are taking care of everything. Like to me, they're trying to find their balance because there's weakness in too little or too much. And so for me, every day I'm walking through this and I'm seeing it and I'm wondering, what is going through their mind? What are they thinking about? Because to me, the greatest leverage, what's crazy about this program in comparison to all the other places is the leverage you sit with right now actually carries through. Once you have that A on your patch, like you can play that forever, but I'm just watching kid after kid in programs that have similarities or other things not leverage it. As a matter of fact, this is actually, I'm glad I get to tell this story because this really hits home. D. Milner was a great, an incredible player here. Obviously I was super excited when he went top 10 to the Jets. Unfortunately, he got hurt. And he was out of the league, out of the league within two, three years, right? Basically never really played in the NFL for real. Obviously got very fortunate because he was a top 10 pick to get some money, but he was in New York. And I tell all these guys when they come through, because all these guys know once they become a Jet, they can DM me and I'm gonna see him. And I tell them, I'm like, you're in New York, leverage it. While you're a Jet, I'll see you 15 times, I'll introduce you to every CEO in the world, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, the second you get traded and go to the Packers, I'm out, I won't return your phone call. And that is leverage you have. And so for me, life is very simple. I worked 15 hours a day in a liquor store from 22 to 34 in a liquor store. And I lived in a studio apartment and bought nothing. No Supremes, no Off-Whites, no fucking flat screens, nothing interesting. I saved and saved and saved. And then I had my moment. I saw the world was changing, the internet was evolving, and everything I had, and I didn't have that much in comparison. I put it all in on Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. For me, this is my moment when I saw clarity of where the internet was going and I went all in. I'll be very frank with you guys, you've got that right now. Like The level of taking for granted what you're sitting on is extraordinary. The amount of businessmen and women, thought leaders, people that this place is religion to are willing to have a conversation with you. Look at you totally different today than they will in three or four years and as you're managing your time, You've got so much to do between the classroom and this. There's so little time. Like look, I'm all about you playing Fortnite. Look, I'm all about you talking to those girls on DM. I'm all about that, I mean it, but allocating, allocating time to leverage your moment, to understand what you're actually sitting on with the leverage of the brand that this has been created, that's something you can learn 
here that you can use for the rest of your life. To me, the leverage of being a ball player here, like you are now, and every classmate wants to talk to you, wants to have some sort of relationship, and I know that 90% of them are gonna have more leverage than you in five or seven years, I just want you to strike. Like what, you're too cool for somebody? You gotta listen to your headphones and put your hoodie on, you can't say hello? Like, like I'm desperate for the guy that's thinking that to just say, yo, you need to go the other way. To me, the ROI of things like college are the people. People are the game in life. That's how life actually plays out. And so for me, you are in a remarkable spot right now. And you've gotta do plenty of film study and plenty of school and plenty of taking care of whatever else you gotta take care of, but squeezing it is just phenomenally interesting to me. Let me bounce on a couple other places and open it up to Q&A. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed for the people that are winning, whatever that may be, money, success in business, life, what have you, I think patience is a massive foundation for them. I think patience has been extraordinarily interesting for me to watch. Everybody just wants it so fast. You know, and especially when you're younger, it just feels like you want it so fast. It's tough to like, you know, to me, when I got out of school and I wanted to do all these big things, my cousin was 30 years old in the liquor store and I was 22 and I thought he was old as shit, right? Just eight years older. To me, if I realized at that time how young he was, if I could make you feel the way I feel right now at 42, I feel exactly like you. I'm twice your age. It feels the same inside. It feels the same inside. And the second you would actually understand that or believe it, everything else starts changing. You start getting patient, you get way more meticulous. You start thinking about things completely different. And for me, that's, if like one person could start really realizing the patience game, that would make a ton of sense for me. Let me, let me bounce around a little bit here. I think one of the interesting things I try to do a little homework is I appreciate that coach is not cramping too down on social and things of that nature, but obviously he wants you to be thoughtful no different than anything else, right? Again, I kind of harped on it a few minutes ago about campus or people that are fans of the program. The amount of people you can get to through DM on Instagram is remarkable. If you have interests, if you want internships, if you're thinking about things that you're excited about in life, like people are gonna return your DM. Being thoughtful about that about where you wanna go, there's only these couple moments in time. I was there for early Twitter. Early Twitter, if you tweeted somebody, they replied. About a year or two later, game over. I'm real old, email, back in 96, 97, 98, you emailed somebody, they replied. You've got that moment for about another year, another half year, maybe two years on Instagram DM. You need to use that for your ambitions and your future or whatever works here, just be very, very thoughtful of the power of people applying because they're gonna click on your profile, they're gonna see what you're about, and they're gonna reply. So I would highly recommend squeezing that huge opportunity. For me, when I think about all the things that have worked for me, it all comes down to perspective, right? So after I made those three investments, later on, about a year or two later, I was an early investor in Uber as well, right? And so, yeah, but I fucked up Uber because I could have been even earlier because I was literally in the room when it was invented in Paris by the two founders. But the first pitch of, wouldn't it be cool if limousines could pick you up if you pressed a button on your phone seemed a little too bougie and for the 1% and I think it was gonna be a big business. I didn't realize how it was gonna play out. But to me, what it represented is something that I think you need to be thinking about which is everything you're thinking about right now literally in five to seven years, is gonna be completely changed between augmented 
reality, machine learning, cryptocurrency. I'm sure some of you lost some money on some Bitcoin. You know, like all this stuff that's actually happening, like this internet thing, this technology thing is just starting. It's just starting. It's gonna be completely encompassing. Like the robots are gonna kill us in the end, right? And so like, I'm serious by the way. And so, better enjoy it while we're living. And so, just contextualizing what's going on and your opportunities within it matters so much. And listen, I'll be real frank with you. Like, I know people are sitting here like, you've got singular focuses, I respect that. Honestly, I've deployed massive empathy where your mindset might be at, and to be very honest with you, ultimately I really don't care what you do, right? You're not my sister, you're not my mom, you know? I just really hope that one or two people can really understand that you're sitting on unbelievable amounts of leverage. And the thing that I'm most scared of, one of the biggest reasons I like spending time with really old people, retirement home stuff, is if I could give you a crazy left field piece of advice, go one day to a retirement home and just help out. If you see regret in a man's eyes, like real regret, when the game's over, it will change the way you navigate your life every day. And to me, to be very frank, watching all these 24, 25, 26, 27 year old football players DM me who had a cup of coffee in the league, who got hurt, who watching their regret of them not leveraging their three years here made me answer real quick, coach, when you reached out, real quick, because I was like, man, if I could just get one kid, if I could just get the fucking punter on this team to understand that he can squeeze it, squeeze it, you know? Like, to me, it's just a remarkable time in your life, and you will always, always think about it. And so, I highly recommend you take a step back and you start deploying massive gratitude on what actually is going on here. You gotta focus on this season. I'm sure plenty of you got a chip on your shoulders. I'm sure you're pl a lot of you are hearing the whispers of like where people think you're gonna play out, what you think you're gonna play out. So I'm sure you're super duper focused. But to me, one step back and start deploying perspective of what this moment in your life is and how much leverage you have and how much opportunity the world has. And let me say another thing. If you ask me the biggest thing I'm worried about, I'm worried about the economy being so good for so long. We've had a good economy now for nine years. Like, all these people that are your homies or friends that are, say they're entrepreneurs on Instagram but they're not really winning, if you're not winning as an entrepreneur right now, you suck, because it's easy out there. The economy's super simple. And so, to me, the biggest concern, looking at your age, it's highly likely that when you're 23, 26, 27, that the whole thing's gonna fall. That's get real tight. And I talk to all these 30 and under entrepreneurs and they think they're big shots and I always tell them like, the problem with you is you haven't been punched in the mouth yet. Because the last seven, eight years that you've been navigating, the market's been so remarkable. So for me, not only am I thinking over the top about the mindset of where you're at, to me I'm thinking about the playing field that you're actually gonna live in, in your 20s to 30s, and that just compounds my energy of like, be thoughtful like network for real, like figure out what interests you have for real, like of course go for the league, do you, do you, but you have enough talent to do all of it. And so I'm just thinking that this is the time and I just hope that you don't regret it and let it go by. Questions? My man. Because I don't like the money. 
Coach just won five championships. What's he doing? Like, I love the game. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I want the admiration. What am I doing here? I'll be frank with you. You guys are cool and all. I'm looking for admiration. I'm looking for one of you to email me nine years from now saying, yo, you came through Bama when I was there. You, you said something about saying hello to people. I just said hello to somebody in class because I don't know, I remembered that you were there and that person's now my business partner and we're winning. I just want to say thank you. That's a high. I'm sure you get it at scale, guys coming back. That's a high. I can't get off that high. I was on Breakfast Club about a year ago, two years ago, and uh, it was going good and then Envy was mad because Charlemagne was being too soft on me. So he was like, yo, you're talking all this motivational bullshit. Why don't you give us a piece of good advice? And I was like, oh damn, like, and so, you know, live on radio. So I was like, the only thing I went to is what I grew up on, like flip game. I was like, look, he's like, well, what if I only have 100 bucks? I was like, well, then you need to go to Goodwill or the dollar store or Craigslist and buy some stuff and flip it. And I created this whole flip challenge. And the amount of people that made an extra 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks that it really meant something to and getting those emails, I'm in it for a lot of reasons. One, I want to buy the Jets. So I'm rich, but I need a lot more, right? That's number one. Number two, I'd die if I didn't work. Like to me, my game, my passion, like I love my family more than life, but if my wife walked into my like, bedroom tonight and was like, I need you to stop working and be home, she knows that I'd be like, look, we need to figure this out or we're just not gonna be together. I can't, I, it's not because I don't love her. I'm being serious, I know it sounds weird, but I'm just telling you, I would suffocate. I would suffocate. And so I'm in it for the game. And honestly, I'll be honest with you, I, I think the quickest way to get paper is to love the process. Because you're not gonna be able to work 15 hours a day if you're doing it for some new Supremes. It's too hard if you don't love it. Uh, what did it take for you to place your inner conscience behind your feelings in order to like, train your mind for straight grain access in the future? Because you also said you didn't want to deal with the Jets and Yaga. So what did it take for you to really stay straightforward in the process of taking your inner conscience away from the problem? Inner conscience, how did I, what was the mindset? How did I think about like, going straight for To me, the, the big thing was, I, I'll tell you, I think the biggest vulnerability you've got is you actually value somebody's opinion more than you value your own. Like the reason I've been able to always do my thing is when I was 24 and people were like, oh, you work at your dad's liquor store? Like I heard that as like a chip on my shoulder, you know? I loved it. I was like, cool, keep sleeping on me, dick. You know? <laughs> like I'm glad you're on Wall Street making 100,000 buying BMWs and dumb jewelry. I'll see you in 30 years. You understand? Like to me the way you win is you realize you can't hear nobody. Not your parents. I mean listen, you gotta listen to coach and all that shit, I get it. But at the end of the day, my guy, yourself. You gotta get real, real quiet up here. I can't hear anything. You go look at my Instagram right now, my first post, I'll post something, first 100 replies in one second, you're Jesus, you walk on water, you're the best, you're the all time, can't hear him. The next 100, you're a piece of shit, you're full of shit, you're a snake oil salesman, can't hear him. I'm in my own mind, doing my own thing. And that comes with self-esteem. Everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses. I'm not worried about you being on the fucking, in the Hamptons on a blow-up swan. I'm not worried about you renting out cash from the bank and putting it to your ear. I'm not worried you jumped a fence and took a photo in front of a private plane. 
What do you think these people are doing? They're posing. Patience, long game. You know what's amazing about being an entrepreneur? We get to play forever, right? You know, that was the biggest, Curtis Martin, great football player, Jet, I met him, he was like 34. He's gotta like rekindle his whole thing and I'm like, he's such a young man. It's crazy being an athlete, having to reset. The great thing for me is I get to play forever. I'm gonna be working when I'm 96, trying to find my next hustle. My guy. You're gonna start a business, yeah. try to grow a business. How much should you focus on technology, social media, compared to connections with like, people you know, or people you try to meet? Both. Social media connection, like connections are amazing for foundational, but if you're trying to build awareness, let's say you opened a bar, a barber shop, you wanna sell t-shirts, like the one big advantage you guys have, look, I have a huge company, my company's gonna do $200 million in revenue, I just flew from Kraft, we have Budweiser, we have, the biggest brands in the world, Chase, they still don't get it. I'm sitting in meetings every day and they're not pouring enough money into social media. That's your advantage. They're still pouring it into commercials and print and things of that nature. So you know where the attention is. And so social matters, but humans and relationships are just, honestly, my man, I said it, like I can't explain to you enough how much I want you to meet every person. Look, some of you are introverts. If you're an extrovert, and you're social, you need to go all in on the fact that you got blessed with that DNA that you love people and you love saying hello and you've got the leverage of doing what you're doing now. Some of you are introverts, right? And that's hard, but like, I'm gonna keep pushing too because the leverage is absurd. My email, Gary, at, actually, you know what? This will be way, way better. DM me at Gary on Instagram, Gary V-E-E. Yep, Gary. <laughs> Gary V E E. Just DM me there, and this way I won't lose it. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The question was when I was younger, when I didn't have as much, how did I take the first step? Honestly, this is where I actually. You know, with you guys, this is the one thing I connect with. Like, <laughs> somewhere around third grade was when I realized I'd be more likely owning a team than playing for one. But for you, you, you know, it was what your natural skill was. If you think I have any idea why at five years old I went outside and thought it was a good idea to rip people's flowers, ring their doorbell and sell it back to them, right? Or like why when it snowed and everybody wanted to make snowmen and sled, I'm like let's get to work and convincing my friends to ring doorbells and shovel. That was just in me, you know? And honestly, that's another thing, right? Like you have so much talent at what you're doing. For a lot of you, this is what you should be doing. But for a lot of you, there's other talents that you don't even know, you've never tasted it. The other thing that I wanna get people is like, go cook, go play eSports, like do things just to taste so that you get to know what you might be about. I just found my thing early. You know, my guy, just super early. Worked out for me that way, you know? And that's why I tell people, like, try stuff. Like, the reason people don't, do you know what the reason a lot of your teammates here don't do things? They're worried about somebody else's thoughts on it. They're worried, like, somebody's gonna be like, you're corny. Like, they give a, like, I would, like, I would give a fuck about you calling me corny. That's a stupid way to live life. But that's what people are doing out here. And in this room, this is a Bama football players. What do you think's going on in the world? Insecurity is driving people's actions. My heart is what? My heart is no. 
you know, I think my hardest, you know, I, once I started my career, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think a couple things. You know, first of all, you know why I'm even like pausing on that? I'd be really lying to you, so I'm just gonna keep it real. I love no. I was at the top of the wine game and I left because I won and I didn't want to do it anymore. And went into marketing where everyone, like the first article written about me was like this guy, had wine Twitter, I think the article in the big advertising magazine was Twitter boy is what they call me. Twitter boy thinks he's gonna come and win Madison Avenue. Ha 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 They're not laughing anymore, you know? And even this game now, I can already feel it. I'm like, oh man, three, four, five years from now, this thing's a wrap. I'm gonna be the guy, so I'm gonna have to start selling oranges or something. You know, I gotta figure, you know, I'm gonna have to figure something out because I lose, like, I'm about to climb. Back to sports, I grew up a diehard Yankees, Jets, Rangers, Knicks fan. The Yankees and Rangers won their championships. I literally stopped watching them. Knicks and Jets are gonna take me a minute. You know, but like, but like I'm just about to, I just love the climb. Like, even like, back to sports, because I think it's a great analogy, I'll turn on a random game, I need to know who the underdog is, that's my team. I'm just about to climb, you know? Like, to me, when I see a kid wearing a Steph Curry jersey, and that kid lives in New York, I think that kid's soft. <laughs> I, I, I mean it. He's, he's using somebody else's success to make himself feel good. I think the biggest tell of a losing person is wearing a jersey outside your own city. It's a subtle thing. I'm just, you know, obviously there's always maybe some rationale, but that's a shit I look for. My guy. My biggest what? Oh my God, my guy, this one guy, I, I invested in a company, so the question is my biggest burn. I've lost millions. Yeah, of course, because you can't win without playing, right? You gotta risk. So when you're doing what I did back in the day, it was so early, you were investing in people's ideas. So there was, there was so Tinder, right? Before Tinder, like 10 years earlier, in the gay male community, there was an app called Grindr. And I was like, this shit is really gonna happen for boys and girls, I know it. So I was chasing one uh, highlight. I was chasing all these apps that I thought could be the, the Tinder, right? There was one company that I swore was gonna be bigger than Facebook. It was called Yobongo. I should have known just on the fucking name, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I put a hundred, hey, listen, I, you know, you have to understand when I was losing this money, it was tough for me because my Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr stock hadn't made me money yet. So these, like that $50,000 check that went to zero, that shit hurt. Cause I was bleeding for that 50, you know? Um, but I've lost a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not scared. I, you know why I'm not scared? Cause I'm not scared to go backwards. Like my favorite Rocky is Rocky Six when he loses everything and goes back to the hood in Philly. Like I'm not scared about, uh, like you understand? I like the process, I'm not worried about the judgment. Like back to the first question about the money, it's just not even in my mindset. My guy. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> God, my God. I've never borrowed money. 
the re- I've never borrowed money because I think most people raise money or with high interest rates because they want shit faster. I want stuff slower. The bigger the ambition, the more patience you have to deploy. So that worked out. I didn't, re- you know, a lot of this shit I didn't realize at the time. The reason I talk about a lot of this stuff now is like, it's hindsight. I can look back and be like, oh, so much came to me natural, you know? But I didn't have to deal with interest rates because I never looked to borrow money. I was, you know, I was willing to eat. When I started VaynerMedia, my company now, it's gonna be a billion dollar company. It started in, in a conference room in somebody else's company because I didn't want to pay rent. But I didn't, because I wasn't worried about people coming to see a fancy office. People are just fronting all the time. Yes, sir. Uh, did you ever like, doubt your aspects? Like, how did you like, keep yourself like, in believing that it was going to work out? I've never doubted when I made the investment. I'm not writing some kid a $25,000, $50,000 check because I doubt it, you know? Uh, unfortunately, in that game, six months later, forget about doubt, you regret it. The biggest thing I learned was there was a lot of fake entrepreneurs. The biggest mistake I made was I was coaching and investing and thinking as if that person was me. And I learned, like, you know, I liked the idea. I could see how they could do it, but they weren't me because I'd look on their Instagram and they're like at the beach on Friday afternoon. And the first time I see that photo, I'm like, I'm dead. Because they weren't even making money. They borrowed money. And the audacity is enormous. People go out of business, they write me an email, Dear Gary, you know, sorry to inform you, looks like we'll be closing up shop, our app has failed. We have $7,000 left that's entitled to you. You know, uh, we're really sorry. Uh, But good news, good news. I learned a lot. And in the future, maybe we can do something. And I would reply, I'd be like, good news? You lost my $100,000, motherfucker. And there's just so much of that entitlement, you know? And so that's, in the last three, four years, I've gotten out. I've been building my business because there's so much fake entrepreneurship in the game. My guy. How often would you say you like invest or start a business? It's my life. Every day it's running through my desk. I'm seeing pitches. I have a full-time guy, Phil Toronto on my team, who's looking at businesses. But I'm running a very big business right now that, you know, I I have an office in London. I'm opening up one in Brazil and Singapore next year. So I'm so busy on my own thing right now because I'm not investing as much because I think there's a lot of fake stuff. Yeah, I have a parent company called VaynerX. I have VaynerMedia. I bought a women's media site called PureWow. I started a dude site called 1.37 p.m. So I'm putting in work. Yeah. So, how did you learn so far? Like, did you go to college? Did you go to college? I played Madden in college. You know, and, and listen, that's not what you should be doing. If I was lucky enough to come to a place like this and I had those skills to get this kind of education, I would have. But that wasn't who I was. Like, I just was not a student, my guy. Like, just, I didn't have it in me. You know? Even now, Marcus is standing over there, my chief of staff, like he's gotta keep me focused on like (laughs) every, you know, self-awareness, man, right? Even on the field for a lot of you, self-awareness. Know what you can and can't do. That really matters. So, and it was tough, man. 
You know, like, when I was coming up, entrepreneurship was nothing. Now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Now I'm cool, you know, but, but like, it was tough. But I just couldn't hear anything, you know? Yes, sir. love it or need it, I do it because I want to spend time with my kids now and things of that nature. But, but it's a great question. Like to me it's like you got to really figure out who you are. Like whatever I got, I just have a ton of energy because I love what I'm doing and it's just, you know, it's momentum, right? Um, but like if tomorrow I felt burnt out, like I'm not scared to take off and I love like Christmas or the last two weeks of August when everyone's checked out, then I don't feel any anxiousness that somebody's getting off on me, you know? To me the problem is I feel like somebody's doing something and that competitive juice is kicking in. You know, I'm sure you feel that with what you do, you know? If I'm not in the weight room, somebody else is. You know, and I feel that. Like, and so, I don't love it in my, tw- I mean the biggest regret so far in my life is in my 20s I did nothing, I worked every minute. I did nothing. And I could have taken a couple of vacations. It would have been nice to hang out with my boys once in a while. I just, so. Well, Woody Johnson's not selling. I don't have $2 billion yet. So <laughs> I'm not worried about when he's gonna sell or when he's not. I'm just working on the process. But like, I've, I've had opportunities to invest as a matter of fact, ironically, I had an opportunity to invest in the Dolphins with Steve Ross. Like, I've had some opportunities, but I'm pretty focused on, I want to run it, you know? And I want to be, listen, I'm thrilled to buy the Jets at 74. Like, thrill, like, if you said, that's what it is, I'm like, amazing, you know? That's back to that patience. Like, I'm, I need 20, 30 more years of wealth creation. Like, a lot of people ask me why I'm running the business I run now, because it's a crappy business, but I'm building the foundation based on all my success. I love the process, I know what I'm building, right? Like if I had your athletic ability, like I'd be in film room and weight room, I'd just be putting in the work. It's just not complicated. Like you know what you have to do to get there, you know? You've got your talent, we all got it. The variable is the mindset of how much work you're gonna put in, right? And the other thing is taking L's. I think most people don't know how to take L's. And like that's a huge part of how I think about it. My guy. Do I have a big house? No. No. I think my mom overloved me for sure. Like, just she told me I had it like that. And then, honestly, just the confidence came from losing. Believe it or not, you know. Like I think the biggest problem we have in America right now, and we've got plenty of problems, but like eighth place trophies are fucking us up. You know, like, like I, I, I got confidence from taking a ton of losses because then I figured out what I was good at, I'd rather win, and I kept honing into that. But I wasn't scared to lose, you know? And that was it. Just sneak one in. What do you think is a good opportunity to uh, invest our money into right now? Amazon. Also, with that being said, a lot of us, we've been trying to think of ways as a team, uh, 
um, you know, with our scholarship checks and things like that, a lot of us don't realize that we won't be playing the NFL. So we won't be making that big money when we come out. So we're trying to set a foundation now for the next four to five years to grow our money. As in Coach Cochran was talking about, put $100 away each month. So it's $1,200 at the end of the year. I like that. Grow that up and grow that up. What do you think smart opportunity for us to grow that money that we're putting away? Amazon. A lot of us don't have a lot of play. Amazon. Amazon, like if you just put into Amazon, go to sleep, you'll be really happy with me. That's one, but I'm gonna tell you something right now, I'm gonna wrap it up and put a nice little bow tie on it. You can, if they gave you $100,000 here and you put it away, that's nothing compared to you leveraging the fact that you play for Bama football and you say hello to everybody on this campus. I'm telling you right now, man, that's the fucking game. Thank you so much for having me.